this together tonight. And that's going to be our theme. It is our theme for this year. I pray that you have taken that on as your theme for you and your family as well as for our church. It says, y'all say it with me now, through thee in 2023, Psalm 44, 5. Through thee will we push down our enemies. Through thy name we will tread them under that rise up against us. Amen. I believe that. I thank the Lord for that. Amen. All right, we're going to read out of Psalms again tonight. And uh, I feel like we've been in Psalms all year. We have. So we're going to be reading in Psalms 52, and so if you'd like to read here tonight, you're sure welcome to do so, and uh, we'll start in chapter 52, and how many we have tonight will be how many that we would uh, would go forward. They're small in number of chapters here, all right? So if you're going to read, you come on. Come on. Well, they say come on with it. Man, 52, all right, let's see this, all right, so there's four, let's read, uh, all right, so that's uh, nine, and then uh, six is 15, and seven is 22. Divide by four, so that'd be six. So you start out, sister, with first six verses of chapter 52. Okay. Why boastest thou thyself in mischief, O mighty man? The goodness of God endureth continually. Thy tongue devises mischiefs like a sharp razor, working deceitfully. Thou lovest evil more than good, and lying rather than to speak righteousness. Selah. Thou lovest all devouring words, O thou deceitful tongue. God shall likewise destroy thee forever. He shall take thee away and pluck thee out of thy dwelling place and root thee out of the land of the living. Selah. Mm. The righteous also shall see and fear and shall laugh at him. Thank you. Lo, this is the man that made not God his strength, but trusted in the abundance of his riches and strengthened himself in his wickedness. But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. I will praise thee forever because thou hast done it. And I will wait on thy name for it is good before thy saints. Psalm 53. The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. Corrupt are they and have done abominable, abominable iniquity. There is none that doeth good. God looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand, that did seek God. Every one of them is gone back. They are altogether become filthy. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Mm. Thank you, my brother. All right, sister. Have the workers of iniquity no knowledge who eat up my people as they eat bread? They have not called upon God. There were, there were they in a great fear where no fear was, for God hath scattered the bones of him that encampeth against thee. Thou hast put them to shame, because God hath despised them. 
Oh, that the salvation of Israel will come out of Zion. When God bringeth back to captivity of his people, Jacob shall rejoice, and Israel shall be glad. Save me, O God, by thy name, and judge me by thy strength. Hear my prayer, O God. Give ear to the words of my mouth, for strangers are risen up against me, and oppressors seek after my soul. They have not set God before them. Selah. Amen. Thank you. Behold, God is mine helper. The Lord is with them that uphold my soul. He shall reward evil unto mine enemies, cut them off in thy truth. I will freely sacrifice unto thee. I will praise thy name, O Lord, for it is good. For he hath delivered me out of all trouble, and my eye hath seen his desire upon mine enemies. Amen. Luke tonight, chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. And I want to preach tonight on... The no-go zone. The no-go zone. You ever seen a zone that says no-go or do not go or do not enter? Uh, that's the zone I want to speak of here tonight. So here in chapter 15, verse 11, uh, we'll not necessarily preach in the text here tonight because we're going to talk about transgression. And we're still in the mindset of the doctrine of sin. Uh, but uh, we are going to mention it here. Chapter 15, verse 11, And he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with righteous living. When he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land and he began to be in want he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into the fields to feed swine he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat and no man gave unto him and when he came to himself he said how many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare and i perish with hunger i will arise and go to my father and will say unto him father i have sinned against heaven and before thee father we come to you in jesus name here this evening we are so grateful lord for the songs that we're able to sing tonight and god bring a stirring to our hearts and god praise to our lips god we're thankful tonight lord for the reading of psalms here and, and my god that was just rejoicing to my heart refreshing to me to hear the words of god being read out loud and in public and then here tonight lord we're going to speak again on that sin and trespass and what all that means and father how we as a christian today must understand it and know it in order to appreciate the salvation that you've given us we pray lord you bring all these to our mind and our hearts i pray you guard our lips tonight fill me with the holy ghost of god god give us the privilege to hear you tonight and to follow you in jesus precious name we pray amen amen you may be seated and so tonight the the continuation of the doctrine of sin. Uh, we talked last, last Wednesday night about sin, and we talked about sin being missing the mark. Uh, we talked about not fulfilling uh, the God's glory and not fulfilling what God has created you for, and that is to give Him glory or for Him to be glorified by you. We found in the Scripture three locations where 
three words were mentioned that describes the doctrine of sin. Let's go back to those, if you don't mind. We'll come back to Luke here in just a minute. But in Exodus chapter 34, uh, turn there with me and look there in verse 6. We read the words that we are going to talk about here tonight will be the transgression. Last Wednesday was sin. This coming Wednesday or this next Wednesday will be iniquity. But here we find in verse 6, And the Lord passed by before them, before him, and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. We find those three words identifying the doctrine of, of sin tonight that we're going to have to know. Psalms chapter 51 and verse 1 and 2. Uh, David mentions these same three words that describe what sin is tonight. And sin is not just one of these words. Sin is all three of these words. And so when we talk about the doctrine of sin, all three is in combination. They work together. In Psalms 51, verse 1, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to thy multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. For I acknowledge, I'm sorry, verse 2, Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. If you notice tonight, those three words got to be dealt with. God has forgiven them in, in Exodus. Here David is asking God to blot them out and wash and cleanse him. From these three. And so we tonight have the same trouble as he did. Now Psalms 32 verse 1. We find the same three words. He said blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. Whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputed not iniquity. And whose spirit there is no guile. So we find that these three words are identifying the doctrine of sin here this evening. And so we want to talk about the word transgression, the word transgression. And so we want to understand it more clearly so that we understand when we got saved, what took place, how did God handle, or how did God take care of the sin in my life, which means missing the mark. The sin that I committed, that I just missed the mark, uh, I need to know what that took as far as Jesus and what he forgave me of. But the second word in which is uh, in our lives, and we're born with this because it's sin, is called the word transgression. Now, the definition, this is my first point here tonight, the definition of transgression, it means a revolting of God's word. Anytime that you revolt against the word of God, it's called transgression. We wouldn't call it sin, even though it's sin, but it's called transgression, revolting against God's word. The word, another word that describes transgression is a rebellion of God's authority, of God's authority. Anytime that God has placed authority in your life, it, it, whether it's a, a marriage relationship or whether it's a church relationship or whether it's a work relationship or whether it's a government relationship, uh, like a police officer or, or a fireman or someone of that nature, uh, we find any time, any place where there's authority, God has placed that authority. And when we rebel against that God's authority, it's called transgression. We also know, thirdly, that the word means rejecting of God's warning. Rejecting of God's warning. You ever seen a sign that says no trespass? That's a sign, that's a warning that is given 
to all of us out of God's Word. And so when we find uh, that to be so, for example, in Romans chapter 4 and verse 15, the Bible says, Because the law worketh wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. In other words, tonight, if you go into somebody's property and there's no sign that says no trespass, well, then there's no law and you can trespass. You can go on it. And so if there's no law where it says you only go 45 miles an hour or no entry or uh, no one, no one, uh, no trespassing or whatever the law may set forth, without the setting forth of the law, there's no transgression because you can't rebel or revolt or reject anything that hasn't been set. Okay? So this thing about transgression tonight has everything to do with already been, the boundaries have been set, the limits have been set, the line has been set. And so what do I do to transgress that? Well, you go, what you do is you step over the line. And somebody says to you, hey, man, you went too far. That's not sin where you miss the mark, but it's transgression. And it's sin as well. Amen. So we got to know the differences tonight of what that means. And so we see that uh, stepping over the line is transgression. Uh, going over the boundary is, is transgression. You know, when somebody tells you not to do something, when somebody tells you to do something, whenever there's something that's set forth and there's a command that's given, there's a, uh, there is a request that's offered, and you go over or you go under, uh, then you trespassed. Overpassing the limits. That means also violating the law. It means to break the rules. It means to breach the commandments. And so it works in all of our lives, in all portions of our lives. In other words, just, just not taking the word of God tonight and, uh, and going against what God's word says, which that is transgression. But God has always brought it down to where we live. And in our homes, there's a leader in our home. There's the one who's authoritative in our home. There's people who have authority in our home and our work and everywhere we go in our government. We are a land of laws. There's a land of rules. I mean, you just can't. I know we're the land of the free and the land of the brave. And, and boy, we got all these kind of liberties and freedoms. But we can't just go to Walmart and get our baggie full or our bucket full and just walk out. You know, we can't do things like that. We, we can't just go to somebody and say, I like that purse, and you just take it. And so we, we understand, but that's transgression. In other words, tonight, transgression is something that's done intentional. Intentional. You can miss the mark unintentional. But transgression is, in, is intentional. You transgress every single time because you do it deliberately. It's willful it's intentional. And so when we talk about transgression tonight, we're talking about something that you it's not missing the mark tonight, but it's going too far, crossing the line. And you've done something not by accident. You haven't done something unaware, but you've done something fully aware. You've done something that you knew was wrong. You did something you knew that it wasn't what you ought to do, and you shouldn't go that far. 
You shouldn't have said what you said. You shouldn't have thought what you thought. And you shouldn't have done what you've done. Because before all that took place, you knew right well that it wasn't the right thing to do. But you did it anyway. You transgressed. You transgressed. And so that's what transgression's definition means tonight. And so as we look more deeper into this, let's look at some demonstrations of transgression. Let's look at the first one tonight in Romans chapter 5. Turn there with me. Romans chapter 5 and look in verse 14. Remember now what transgression means. It doesn't mean sin. Missing the mark. It means you transgressed. You went further than you should. You revolted, rebelled, rejected. It's intentional, deliberate, willful. Chapter 5 and then look there in that verse 14. The Bible says, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression. Not his sin. He didn't miss the mark. Not his iniquity, which we haven't talked about that yet, but his transgression. And so we find that it was Adam's transgression that brought forth the fall of all of mankind. Not his iniquity, not of his sin, but his transgression. And what was that transgression? We'll go back to Genesis chapter 2 and look in verse 16. And we find some boundaries that he was set with. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man. There's that boundary. There's that limit. Uh, there is set forth the, the line. There's the authority. There's the word. There's the warning. And he says, of every tree of the garden that thou mayest freely eat, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Chapter 3, verse 6, the Bible says that when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes, a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her. And then he did eat. That's transgression. He transgressed against the Lord. He deliberately disobeyed God's word. He didn't do it unintentionally. He did it intentionally. He didn't do it because he didn't know what else to do. He did it because he knew what he was supposed to do. He disobeyed God's word. He violated God's law. He broke God's trust. And that's what happens when you transgress. You disobey God, you violate God, and you mistrust God. And we find here tonight that Adam's transgression was what brought all of humankind down to the fall. Every single person who's ever born now of a mother's womb will die and go to hell because of one man's transgression. And so don't think tonight that your one transgression don't really have much meaning to it. Don't think tonight that you just, you know, have one transgression and it's just going to be taken lightly or lightly esteemed. No. No. You're going to see in the scripture in a minute that God takes uh, very seriously every single transgression. Transgression God hates. God is, is against. God, God has wrath towards transgression. This is not something that you and I are to be part of in our daily walk or our Christian life. Now, we may go in our Christian life and we may miss the mark. 
You say, okay, I missed the mark. God, forgive me for that. But transgression, that's done on purpose. That's done intentionally. That's done willfully. You say to God, God, I knew I was supposed to not do that. I knew I was supposed to do that. God, I knew right well what your word says. I knew what my husband said. I know what my wife said. I know what my mom and daddy said. I know what my boss said. I know what the clerk said. I know what the police officer said. I know what everybody said. I know what that man said, that woman said. But you know what? I did it anyway. That's transgression, and God hates it. And we find ourselves on many occasions, dear church, in those situations. And friend, we find ourselves in transgression time after time. And we find what's wrong, what's going on. Why is our church uh, so, so weak? Why is our family uh, so dysfunctional? Why is my life as a Christian uh, so like up and down, in and out? It's transgressions. We are just rebellious and rebellious. And we come to places in our lives that we say, you know what? It don't matter what God says. It don't matter what my husband says. It don't matter what my wife, don't matter what my mom and daddy says. It don't matter what boss says. It don't matter. I want to do it. And I'm going to do it as I please. And I don't care if her hair lips the devil. I'm going to do it. Tonight, that's a bad thing. And it's a horrible thing. Matter of fact, all of all of humankind's plunge into depravity because of it. I want you to look at the second one tonight. Look at Eve's transgression. Look at chapter First uh, Peter, or First Timothy, chapter two tonight. First Timothy, chapter two, and look there in verse fourteen. The Bible says, "And Adam was not deceived, but the woman, being deceived, was in the transgression." So what happened to Eve? Well, she transgressed. She did what she did. And uh, the Bible says that she was being deceived, but that didn't, give her, that didn't give her the privilege nor the right or the justification to take the fruit. She was told definitely by Adam not to eat of the fruit. And so it was a transgression with Eve. It was intentional. It was deliberate, and it was willful. As she looked upon that fruit, as she talked to the devil, and as she saw that she could become as God, and uh, it became something of her of the lust of the flesh. It was the pride of life. It was the lust of the eyes. It was just like the world today. And she took it 100% and then gave it to her husband, and her husband took it, and the whole world come, come depravity. Transgression, friend. Is very, very dangerous. It brings great damnation and great and great problems and great difficulties in lives and families and churches and workplaces and in America. That's our problem tonight, is transgression in America. That's the problem. It's not tonight that we don't have laws, we don't have rules, we don't have things that we know that there's limits. The problem is we don't care. And we just do what we want when we want to do it. It's like that at home. It's like that at church. It's like that with God. It's like that with every place that we go today. And that's why we see a country, a world that's full of rebellion and stubbornness tonight because uh, we find that Eve transgressed and Adam transgressed. I mean, that, that's our, like our, 
people we started with, right? Adam and Eve. I mean, we're starting out real good for us. We really don't have a chance. It's like, uh, it's like me going to the, to the doctor, and every time you go to the doctor, and uh, uh, this, I did this week, I'm getting some new glasses, and, and so I had to go get an eye exam and all that. So they ask you questions. You're like, you know, do you have anybody on, they ask you first, do you have cancer? Do you have high blood pressure? Do you have this? I mean, it's like 100 questions, right? And so you're saying, no, 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 whatever. No, I don't think so. I never heard that. No, uh-uh. And they say, okay, anybody in your family that has anything? Well, my dad had everything. I mean, he had cancer. He had high blood pressure. He had diabetes. He had arthritis. He had heart surgery. And so if you look at it from that, man, I've got no chance. Right? I mean, that's what I'm headed for right there, what all daddy had. And so, you know, it's like, man, what's almost like our parents, Adam and Eve? That's what they did. So what does our children do? The same thing. And so we find that transgression tonight uh, was from Adam and Eve. Look at the third. I'm talking about demonstrations tonight so we can know. Uh, The third is Judas. Look at Acts chapter 1 with me in verse 25. Acts chapter 1 and verse 25. The Bible says that he may take part of his ministry and apostleship from which Judas, by transgression, fell, that he might go to his own place. Did you know that it's transgression that he fell? It wasn't sin. He didn't miss the mark. It was transgression. It was transgression for Judas. He went too far. Right? It was the Lord that called him to be an apostle. It was the Lord that made him to be the the, the one who the secretary or the one the, who, to take the money or the one who held the bag. It was, it was the Lord that allowed him to go and watch him preach and listen to him teach and do all the miracles and signs and wonders. It was the Lord that said, these are my 12 apostles. It was the Lord that sent two and two fro into the world to tell them about the gospel. It was the Lord who, who put a Judas in the same place as he did all, and yet today he went too far. The Bible says he was not only, uh, he crossed the line, he stepped beyond the limits, but he was a traitor. He went too far. Not only was he a traitor tonight, but he was one that was a deserter. He deserted. Number three, he was a betrayer. He went too far. Tonight, if he had just stopped, if he had just held back, if he just not went that far, if he wouldn't have took that step, if he wouldn't have crossed that line, if he wouldn't have went over that boundary, if he wouldn't have went over that place. But he did. So the Bible calls it Judas's transgression. Transgression. So we find tonight transgression is pretty bad, isn't it? I mean, we got Adam and Eve who all of humankind has fallen we got Judas is probably, uh, I mean, you don't even name your children Judas. I heard some dogs named Judas and some pigs, but I never heard any person named Judas. But anyway, uh, Judas, friend, betrayed, forsook, deserted uh, our Lord. You can't get no lower than that. You can't get no sorrier than that. You can't get no bottom than that. I mean, uh, that, that's wicked and ungodly. And yet, it's transgression. And so tonight, we've got to pay more attention tonight for transgression. 
And we got to understand tonight about what transgression is so that we can appreciate our salvation and Savior for what he did with our transgression. I want you to notice here, fourthly tonight, another demonstration of it is the people's transgression. Look in Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah 53, look in verse, verse 5. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, verse 5, it says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. So every transgression that we've ever done, every time we walked farther than we should have walked, we've done what we shouldn't have done. We crossed that line. We've crossed that barrier. We went over that limit. We rebelled. We revolted. We rejected. We did it intentionally. We did it deliberately. We did it willfully. Every single one of us tonight and all our millions of transgressions, that's what wounded Christ was that transgression. And so we find tonight, also he says he was bruised for our iniquities, chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. But look at verse 8, he was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living, for the transgression of my people was he stricken. Was he beaten? Was he bloodied? Was he bruised? Was his life taken away because of the transgression of my people? Look in Hebrews with me at chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9, look in verse 12. Again, we find the people's transgression is a demonstration of what transgression means. We see in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12, it says, But neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, Purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. For this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that are under the First Testament, they were called, might receive the promise of eternal inheritance, the redemption of the transgressions. It was our transgressions that put Jesus on the cross of Calvary. And tonight, we kind of take lightly crossing the line. And we take lightly going beyond the limits. We take lightly living on the border. We take lightly, uh, you know, living on the edge, right? We're living on the edge. We, we like to get real, real close to what we're not supposed to do or where we're supposed to go. And somehow, some way, we feel kind of like, man, we're really living it up because we're, we're kind of going over and sometimes we, we say, well, it's because of our anger. And sometimes we say because of what they said or what they did is what caused me to transgress and go further than I should have went. I shouldn't have done all that I should say. Uh, tonight, just understand the demonstration of the transgression that we have tonight or capabilities tonight is Adam's and Eve's and Judas's and the people's transgression. It's why our Lord Jesus died on the cross of Calvary to redeem us from those transgressions. Amen? Number three tonight, I know the, the very definition of transgression and the very demonstration of transgression, but I want you to notice the description of transgression. Look here into Psalms chapter 19 
and look in verse 13. I enjoy going through the Bible, don't you? Amen. I love the Scriptures. The Bible says in Psalms 19, 13, in the way of description of transgression, it says, keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Now, the description of transgression is called presumptuous. Presumptuous sins. Now, what does that mean? Well, presumptuous tonight is transgression. But, pre, but uh, presumptuous tonight could be saying something like this. Sinning with thoughtfulness. In other words, tonight you have the mind, you've got the understanding, you've got the consequences if you do what you're about to do. You have it all aware, and it's all in the thoughtfulness, and you do it anyway, that's presumptuous. That's presumptuous. It brings out a proudness. It brings out an arrogancy. Because it makes it feel like that, that because I am feeling a certain way or I am in a certain situation, that somehow I can be higher and I can be greater uh, than not to trespass. And I'm going to do it uh, because I am, because I want to. Just full of pride, full of arrogancy. That's presumptuous. Thoughtfulness, sinning with thoughtfulness. But then sinning with purpose, with purpose. I'm going to cross the boundary because I want to hurt their feelings. I'm going to cross the limit because I want them to know how it feels. I'm going to go beyond what God would allow me to go because I want them to suffer. See, with purpose. Tonight, that's presumptuous. Presumptuous. With purpose. Sinning with thoughtfulness, sinning with purpose. And then thirdly tonight, that presumptuous means this. It means, it means sinning with a deliberation. I'm doing it deliberately. My cutting mouth, my sly movements, my maneuvers, the way that I'm ranging these things, the things that I'm setting them up, the, the questions that I asked, uh, the things that I put before them, it's all deliberately to hurt and to cause trouble because I'm going over the line deliberately, thoughtfulness and on purpose. God help us tonight that Christians would be guilty of this. That Christians, God's people, God's people tonight would have transgression in their lives. Ah, help us, oh God. Presumptuous tonight. Presumptuous against God, against man. We also find tonight, if you would, turn to Numbers chapter 15. Numbers chapter 15. I want you to notice what God has to say concerning this presumptuous sin, this transgression. 
chapter 15. Look in verse 27. It says, if any, if any soul sin through ignorance, just didn't know. You ever done that before? I just didn't know. I mean, I didn't want to. I didn't, I didn't have it premeditated. I, I didn't plan on that. I, 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 didn't, I didn't mean to. We find, then shall bring a she-goat of the first year for a sin offering. Even though a sin is committed by ignorance, it still requires a sacrifice. Remember that. Even though you didn't mean it, and even though you were ignorant of it, and even though it wasn't presumptuous, and even though it wasn't intentional, it still requires a sacrifice. And it goes on and says, And the priest shall make an atonement for the soul that sinneth ignorantly. And when he sinneth by ignorance before the Lord to make an atonement for him, it shall be forgiven him. And so there was an ignorant sin, and then there's the atonement for the sin, and then there's forgiveness. Okay? Even though you didn't do it on purpose, you still need to come to the blood and ask forgiveness for the ignorant sin in order to get forgiveness. All right? So then he goes on and says, Ye shall have one law for him that sinneth through ignorance, both for him that is born among the children of Israel and the stranger that sojourneth among them. Verse 30. But the soul that doeth all presumptuously, that's transgression, whether, to be, whether he be born in the land or a stranger, the same reproaches the Lord, and that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Wow. There is no mercy there. You see mercy with that? Do you see any long-suffering? Do you see God say, okay, listen, the presumptuous sin, you did it with thoughtfulness, you did it with purpose, and you did it with del deliberation, and you did it intentionally, and you did it because you wanted to do it, knowing that that's not what I told you to do or asked you to do, what others said not to do. And if you're going to do that, you're going to be cut off. There's not like... You do that one more time, you know how we do our children? And after the 15th time, if you do that for the 15th time, you're going to get in trouble. By that time, the kid's just laughing. <laughs> I already did it 14 times. I'm sick and tired of doing it now. So you ain't gotta, he ain't got to get in trouble no more for doing what he's doing because he's tired of doing it. He'll quit on himself. Anyway, so we find that God says on this presumptuous here, uh, we're going we're gonna to cut you off. And then he goes on and says, verse 30, uh, in verse uh, 31, because he hath despised the word of the Lord and hath broken his commandments, that the soul that shall early be cut off, his iniquity shall be upon him. I want you to notice the death penalty for sins that's intentional. There's no greater punishment for you and I as a Christian tonight to commit transgression. We have no answer. What do we say to those who we transgress against? I'm a Christian. I'm saved by the grace of God. I've been redeemed from the transgression of Adam and Eve. And I've been set free. Sin shall not have dominion over me. And yet, 
deliberately intentional and on purpose and because of thoughtfulness i presumptuous on my sins i do it and god says i have no patience with that and neither do we with each other right i mean friend listen if we do something ignorantly we could say that's just dumb i forgive you for doing something so silly but man when it's on purpose and presumptuous where do we stand with that church how do we get through that do we just go to god and say god forgive me for sins that i knew that i shouldn't have done or sins that i know that i wasn't supposed to do and then i just keep on doing it where do we go where do we go with that i mean how how do you come to a place where you could just justify that i just keep on doing the same thing i keep on crossing the line i keep on going across the limits i keep on doing what god said not what to do i keep on doing not what god said to do god's going to cut that off god's not playing god's not just saying listen folks you know i'm just kind of giving you a little a little uh, help today no he said if you do that i'm cutting you off because you have despised the word of God. You have, you have come against the word of God. The word of God tells every single one of us how to live and what to do and what not to do. And when we don't do it and we cross that line, it's against God. So I'm praying tonight that we don't find ourselves in the woodshed with God. We find ourselves tonight uh, with God and he's looking upon us and he's saying, What are you doing? And Luke, back in our text, I just got through, it's exactly what he did. Let's go back to Luke, if you don't mind. The Bible says that Luke was one who, who committed a presumptuous sin. He committed transgression. We find that here in chapter 15 and verse 12, he said, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. That wasn't the rule. That wasn't how it's supposed to go. That's not how it works with inheritance. But he wanted to do it anyway. We find that he went, he took, he took that money, he wasted it. Next thing you know, he's in a land of famine. Next thing you know, he's uh, eating the swine's uh, husk. Next thing you know, he's, nobody's given to him. Next thing you know, he's hungry. Don't need what, see, that's what, transgression will do for us it will bring us to the bottom it will bring us to the end you keep on transgression and you're going to find yourself in a deep trouble with god you're going to ruin your family you're going to ruin your testimony you're going to ruin anything and everything that you are around because of transgression we find now, he says, I will rise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. That's what needs to take place with us tonight. God, I've transgressed against you. I ask you to forgive me. God will forgive you. In his blood, there's forgiveness. But there's going to have to be a confession. There's going to have to be, God, I'm sorry. I haven't done what I've done ignorantly. I've done it on purpose, presumptuously. Forgive me, Lord. God, cleanse me of this horrible, horrible transgression in my life. And so we find that God will do that. 
Now, I want you to look tonight on, fourthly, the deliverance of transgression. The deliverance of transgression. And we, and we see that back into Isaiah chapter 53, if you turn there with me. That the answer to our transgression tonight is the cross. We've got to go to the cross. And tonight, we have to go to the cross as fast and as quickly as we can. We find in Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 3, He is Jesus, is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. We hid, as it were, our faces from him, and he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. We did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and the stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He brought as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before the shears is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off of the land of the living for the transgression of my people. He was stricken. He was made, uh, and he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He put him to grief. When he shall, shall make his soul an offering for sin, he shall he see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul, and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great. He shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. He was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. The body and the blood, the cross tonight, is how you get delivered from transgression. Number two, the confession. Look here back into Psalms chapter 19. So we've got to come to the cross tonight if we're going to get this transgression Right with the Lord. We find here in chapter 19 verse 12. It says who can understand his errors. Cleanse thou me from secret faults. So David here is making confessions. The first confession he makes is cleanse me from secret sins. And so there are some secret sins tonight in our lives. He makes a difference there. He separates them. Secret sins. They may be. Sin, missing the mark, it may have been transgression, it may be iniquity tonight, but he just said these are secret sins. Nobody knows about them but God and him. Uh, they might be done in the heart, they might be done something in the dark, it might be done something when nobody was around and nobody was there, uh, but these sins are secret. And so he's saying in the way of confession unto the Lord, in verse 12, he said, cleanse thou me of my secret sins. Now, that ought to be something we do tonight, right? Let's look for our secret sins tonight. Nobody knows. Nobody is at all looking at us saying, pointing their finger at us saying, hey, you got that in your crawl. 
You've got that down deep in the soul. You, at the bottom, the recesses of your heart, man, you've got this thing, and it's eating at you. Tonight, you know the secret sin. He said, cleanse me of it, Lord. But then he goes on and says, not only the secret sin, but he goes on and says, cleanse me from the hidden sins, the absent sins, and then he begins to cry out. We see in verse 13. He says, keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. He's saying, refrain, refrain me from these known sins. These sins that have been known, the sins that I know, the sins that you know, sins that others know. Lord, I pray that you refrain me from these sins that are done intentional. If you and I are going to have a victorious life in this Christian walk, we're going to have to do as David did, and that is begin to confess our secret sins, but begin to cry out that God would refrain us from the presumptuous sins. Because we are failures, and we will do it time in and time out unless God would begin to refrain us, keep us back. God, keep us out. Keep your hand upon me, Lord. Oh, God, keep and help that I will not intentionally do what you ask me not to do. I won't, I won't do it uh, because of the intent. I won't do it deliberately, Lord. Uh, Lord, I, I won't rebel and revolt against your word and your command. God, keep me. And it needs to be a prayer of a daily prayer tonight. God, keep me back. Keep me, keep me, keep me, keep me. God, don't let me. Go across the line. Don't let me take the limit, Lord. Keep me from going where I went too far, God. Help. Lord, the secret sins, I confess them to you, but this presumptuous sin, oh, it eats me up. It breaks relationships. It, it takes my testimony and throws it in the trash. It, it causes me to have division and heartache and hardships. Oh, God, keep it from me. Amen. That's what Christians need tonight. We need that God refrain those known sins, Lord. Those presumptuous sins. Those sins that I commit in pride. And every time you know you're not supposed to do something, you do it. That's pride. God, help me to keep back those presumptuous sins that I do with arrogancy. Acting if I can get away with it. Because, see, I'm Larry. I can get away with that. Now, you that are somebody else, you can't get away with that. Or, I'm parent. And kids, you need to get your act together. But I can do it because I'm parent. Or, I'm father. Or, I'm husband. I can talk like that. But you can't. Arrogancy. Arrogancy. So, tonight, Paul was saying, I'm crying out to God. I'm crying back. Lord, I'm asking you to keep back thy servant. Also from this presumptuous sins, sins that I commit in pride and arrogancy and in pomp. That means that you do it because you can. You do it because you can. Tonight we're praying and asking God, as David said, God refrain me from these known sins. But then, Lord, in verse 13, he says, not only refrain me, but Lord, to restrain me. From these known sins. Or restrain these, restrain these sins from me. He says let, not, let them not have dominion over me. Refrain me from those sins. 
but then restrain those sins from me. You see that? Let me say that again. Refrain me from those sins. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. And then he says, restrain the known sin from me. Let them, the presumptuous sins, have not dominion over me. God, please, restrain presumptuous sins. Restrain transgression. That it does not have the authority over me. That tonight I can leave out of the house of God after dealing with God and talking to God and confessing to God and getting right with God and laying it out with God and telling God these are my secret sins and these are my presumptuous sins and, and Lord, I'll ask forgiveness and cleansing in the blood of the Lamb. I know I get forgiveness if I... If I confess my sins, he's faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness tonight. I know that God will do that. If I will confess and repent, that means change. That means turn. That means not do it anymore, any longer. It doesn't, repentance is not continuing on the same direction. A repentance is changing direction. And many times tonight we confess our sin, but we don't repent of our sin. Because we continue in sin. There's no repentance of that. And where there's no repentance, there's no forgiveness. And so, really, really, we, we kind of find out how come we are so weak and anemic in, in our lives and why we just can't get God to do something in our hearts is because we have these presumptuous sins that we just continue to stay in. God said, when you repent, then you'll get victory. But just confessing to me that you did it, I know that already. Confessing to God that you did it has no, no value. It's confessing to God uh, that what you did and you repent of that and you're going to turn from it and you're going to change. I'm not going to go back there no more. I'm not going to do that no more. That's not my. And so we're asking, let them have dominion not over us. Right? We don't want these perceptions of sins. We don't want these crossing the line and crossing the barriers. That Lord, we don't want that to be authority over us. We want to be authority over it. God help tonight. And then here thirdly, I notice not only to refrain me from these known sins and restrain these known sins from me, but I notice it says, reserve me from transgression. He says in that same verse 13, then. So what has to happen before then? Well, Lord, you got to keep back that presumptuous sin, and then that presumptuous sin can't have dominion over me. And Lord, I need help with that. Then. Then I can be upright. Right? Now I can be reserved. If these two things happen, I can be reserved now. I can be upright. What does the word upright mean? It means I can be complete without rebellion, without revolting, and without repeating what I did before. That's upright tonight. And I can be that because God said you can. But you've got to do it God's way tonight. That Bible says here in verse, 14, in verse 13, it says, from the, I shall be innocent from that great transgression. That word great means multiple. It means abundant. It means plenteous. And what David is saying to us tonight is that you and I, if we can just think for just a moment, if we can just settle down for just a, a second and begin to think about our lives, our lives at church, at home, at work, at play, and began to find and look at those presumptuous sins, those transgressions that we're doing, 
We're crossing the line. We're going further than we should. Revolting against God, rebelling against God, rejecting God. Intentional, deliberate, willful. And God brings those to our minds and to our hearts. And we can say, Lord, if you do that for me, I can be complete from all the many and multiple transgressions. Because tonight, if we really get serious with God, we wouldn't say to God, there's only one in my life. We'd have to say to God, there's multiple. Right? There's multiple. None of us are perfect. None of us tonight can walk out of here and go walk on water. All of us tonight can walk out of here and say, you know what? I can be upright. I can. I'm going to come to God, and I'm going to get this transgression fixed, and I'm going to get this right, and I'm going to stop it right now. God's going to help me not to let that thing have dominion over me, and he's going to refrain that other from me. I can be upright and innocent from a multitude and abundancy of transgressions. So how do you do that, Brother Larry? Well, number one, tonight, we're going to have to draw unto Jesus. Draw unto Jesus tonight. That's the start. Number two, we're going to have to stay in his word. Number three, we're going to have to dwell in prayer. And number four, we got to be faithful to church. Four things tonight that will get you where you need to go with transgression. Four things. Draw unto Jesus. Stay in prayer. And dwell with the word of God. And fourthly, tonight, you and I got to just come to church. You see, because we need the preaching. We need what happens tonight, and we need what happens on Sunday, and we need what happens on next Wednesday. I'm going to tell you tonight, when you do come to church, and you do come under the preaching, you're going to find that these secret sins begin confessed, and this transgression becomes less. Because God will honor his word if you keep his word. Let's stand up tonight for our feet. And if there's anybody tonight who says, you know, I just need to, I need to get with God tonight. Just give me a minute, brother. Let me come to the altar. Let me come bow down in my pew. I, I just got to do some business with the Lord. I, I can't even pray tonight. I, I can't go no further than where I'm at right now. I, I just need it. You say, well, I've been to the altar on Sunday. Well, come on Wednesday too. Come every time you can. Listen, we want to get clean with God. We want to be right with the Lord. We, we, want, we want God to bless our home, bless our family, bless our church. We want God to do something in our lives. We need him tonight. And transgressions tonight is, is causing troubles and causing dysfunctions, causing difficulties, heartache and hardships. Oh, Lord. Let me just pray. As you pray tonight, I'll pray. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. My heart tonight, dear God, is just hurting over my transgressions. I ask you to forgive me, Lord. 
I ask you to cleanse me tonight. Where I have went too far. Lord, I went to the place, dear God, where I should not have went. I said what I should not have said. I even thought what I shouldn't have thought. God, I pray tonight, God, you forgive me of the presumptuous sins, the transgression, Lord, that's been committed in my life, and the secret sins tonight, Lord, that you'll cleanse me of them as well. Lord, I want to leave out of here tonight clean, pure, holy, godly. I don't want anything between you and me. And then, God, we're praying, Lord, that you keep back those presumptuous sins. And, God, that you let not them sins have dominion over us. God, that we may tomorrow, Lord, be free, full of joy and happiness and loving our family and loving the sinner tonight, God. Be able to give them the gospel. Be able to live a life that brings happiness, dear God, to others around us. God, that you may use this for the glory of God. And may we see souls saved and lives changed. But we've got to get hold of this transgression tonight. See, the church tonight, God, don't want to know about transgressions. They don't care about that. They just want to be told tonight, dear God, they're okay. Tonight, we're not okay. God, I know we're not. I know I'm not. But I'm going to get okay. Lord, I trust in you tonight, and I lean on you. And Lord, I know your word is true. And God, I know, Father, tonight, if I would repent, God, that you'd forgive me. And so tonight, God, I'm asking for forgiveness cleansing tonight, strength, help, boldness. Dear God, that we as a church tonight, as a whole, as a unit, God, as a family, tonight as we walk, get up just a moment, Lord, that we will head out to our places where we live and works, the workplaces that we go. And God, we just live, dear God, with transgression being free. And God, don't have to have that over our heads. And God, we don't have to live under that burden. And God, under that bondage. God, that we're not in prison. God, that we can be free. I pray, God, that you touch each life and each heart. Thank you, Lord, for the word of God. It's so clear and so pure and so good. And, Lord, it washes us tonight. It gets us clean inside and out. And so we praise you and honor you tonight. May you get glory and honor in Christ's name. Amen.
Christ.